Hi everyone, I'm David Blindauer, and welcome to Conversation with a Manager, Stories from the Frontline. Our podcast is dedicated to the proposition that managers, particularly frontline managers, are key to an organization's success. This podcast is also in search of the best advice and counsel from experienced managers for anyone who's new to the role of being a manager. Today's guest is Matt Grisbowski. Matt has had a self-described eclectic career starting in the pre-press production business, which led to managing in printing and mail centers. From there, Matt was on to roles in quality testing and assurance, finally landing in service management business inside larger organizations. Matt is currently an IS manager in a large healthcare organization. Today's host is Steve King. Here's Steve with some initial thoughts on his conversation with Matt. Thanks, David, and hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. My conversation with Matt was a bit different from other conversations we've had on this podcast in the past, in that Matt and I spent a great deal of time talking about process management as opposed to people management. And I loved it because managers are responsible for the efficacy of processes. They're not just people managers. Process management probably deserves one or two episodes itself, and perhaps we'll get around to that soon. But in the midst of talking process with Matt, we wandered into the people-related topic of how a manager might best influence a peer, another manager, to help with a problem. We are talking about influence without direct authority, a tasty topic worth our attention. In this episode, we're going to pick up my conversation with Matt just after he and I began talking about how a manager might influence another manager. You will hear me set up a situation for Matt to respond to, and you hear some of his thoughts on how to best manage my not-too-uncommon situation. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Matt. So I want to go back to Team A and Team B yeah. that you talked about earlier. So the way you talked about it, Team A had a certain process and Team B had a different process. They were servicing slightly different kinds of products and services. But I want to f- change this paradigm a little bit. Yeah. Let's say let's say team A does a certain thing and they pass their work over to team B. Okay. And then P team B then does that takes that work and then finds it, plays with it, does something with it, and they produce the final product. If I'm the manager of team B and team A is passing stuff along that's insufficient, how do I as the manager of team B influence the manager of team A? to see it my way and change team A's work? Oh, I love it. What a great question. And here's my quick answer to it. So part of what makes that work is to know that you need to be the one to go have that conversation with your peer in team A. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting and my journeys up so far in in life in in these different roles is what I'm suggesting seems obvious you would be surprised how often i hear i've never talked to team a they should just know that they need to do that i hear that as a response much 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 more than you'd think so if you want if you want matt's pro tip on how how you influence peers you need to develop that relationship you need to go and and start talking to that other team to help them understand the situation that you're going through, the impact it's having to you and your customers and or the service that you're providing so that there is at least that dialogue that's starting to go. 
Now, let's say I have had conversations and they still don't get it. Well, this is where things like talking through that was the, like the impact to the customer or up and downstream impacts of not of, of delays um, or helping to understand how it impacts prioritization of either the work you're doing or the, the availability of the team. These kinds of things all help in that influence conversation to provide more to help get you where you're trying to go. Right. Um, because I think a lot of times the thought is like, well, you, you just need to do it different. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that doesn't that doesn't give enough information to kind of help the the conversation of where we need to go, right? So quantifying it through data or detail, I think, is a is a big part of what those conversations need to start or to sound like. So I can think of two other strategies, and I'd like to get your reaction to those two other strategies. You're still we're still on. Yep. Manager B is trying to convince manager A to change their process so that we get to a better product for our final customer. Would giving team A and their manager more line of sight to the customer help them see that their product or service they're delivering to team B is insufficient? Does line of sight help in this influence process? I think it absolutely does. Um, if if team A is transparent about you know what the delays look like to B, absolutely can change the the direction of the conversation. And again, going back to kind of the, the organizational's vision or their mission to serve or provide to their customer, whatever it is, that line of sight can really, like that can bring it all together, right? Like, oh yeah, you're right. I, I'm not keeping you know the customer in mind with what I'm doing, or I'm not, I didn't realize that when I do this, this is what the impact is all the way out there. Absolutely. And I suppose there's like one final way this could be handled, and that is if team A's manager and team B's manager both report to the same person, team B's manager could just wander up to the boss and say, you need to get team A on board. Now, the moment you do that, you have created a really odd landscape that can be very awkward. But can you comment about when it may be appropriate to do that and when it's probably not. Yeah. And, you know, I think I've, I may have seen this from a time or two as well. I, you know, I think what happens, at least my experience in this kind of situation is usually, you know, managers of managers have the same problems as managers to staff, right? It's, it's the same thing. And what's interesting about that is, a manager of managers tends to be that individual who's saying, all right, well, thanks for identifying the problem. So what are you doing to help the situation? Right? <laughs> like, what are you doing to solution out of it? Um, again, from my experience, or at least how I've tried to approach that is trying to take a, not, not so much of an accusatory, but more of a, like, I'm trying to, here's the situation I'm looking at, you know, I'm trying to be as factual as you can about the situation that's going on. Um, I'm trying to understand this. I'm noticing delays when we get this. I've been trying to engage in conversations and then asking for help, right? Like, is there is there something else that you would recommend that maybe I don't have visibility in or through my conversations with my peer, maybe I'm not, I'm not getting, or is there a technique that you've used with your peers in similar situations that might be able to help me in this situation? Kind of using that as that dialogue as more of a, you know, like seeking advice, because when you're seeking advice, you're also 
talking about a situation too, right? So the, I, in my experience, they're usually appreciative of the fact that you've taken the time to, to kind of ask them what they would do. Everybody generally tends to like people's opinions. But on the same token, you've also given some information as well. Um, a lot of times, if, if you've been very factual about it, kind of keeping the emotions out of it, really, you know, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm looking for advice on how to move it forward. It also gives you information that you can try, right? Like setting it up on a different day when they're not, you know, between five different meetings because, I've, you know, I think sometimes they can get overwhelmed. You might not know that and you may have scheduled it on the wrong day. So sometimes it's just a logistic kind of goes back to a, a, a topic we had earlier, right? Like seeking to understand and trying to get more or better information. Do you, do you think that the kind of t- skill set we're talking about right now, the ability to influence a peer um, is a more sophisticated ex- uh, kind of skill set than managing someone who works for you for whom you have direct responsibilities like performance review and comp and so on. Boy, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, they're shadowy versions of each other, right? Like there's, I think it's, if you say there's more nuance that goes with the peer, because I think there's just as much that goes with staff. I think they're very, I think, I think trying to influence in either direction has got its own challenges to it. I mean, with the staff, you can always try to, again, you can always try to, well, this is how it's going to be, but we know that doesn't, that doesn't generally work the way we want. So you've got to try to kind of, again, get to know, develop that relationship, get to know them, try to understand, you know, where you can work with them and and where you can compromise and, and move forward. At, with the staff, I think at the end of the day, you can always pull the, Okay, I understand all your concerns and I agree, but this is where we need to go. But again, I think even in, even when you have to go that route, you still take time having to try to bring them back along because that wasn't the default direction they wanted to go. Um, I think with peers, it's the same kind of thing. It's just, it gets interesting because the touch is less no matter how you do it, right? Because you just don't interact with your peers generally with the same in, uh, frequency that you do with your staff. So I think there's a lot of care and feeding that goes that way too. This podcast is supported by NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. NRECA's broad range of products and services include a robust portfolio of leadership programs that provide learners with the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to lead at all levels of their co-op and succeed in today's rapidly changing electric utility industry. Visit cooperative.com learning to explore the value of learning with NRECA. And we're back here with Steve. Steve, there's plenty of good stuff in this segment with Matt. What were some of the highlights that stood out to you? Three things I'd like to comment on. First, line of sight to the customer. Second, what happens when the line of sight strategy to influence fails? And third, elevating issues with peers to the boss. Okay, let's start with influencing peers with line of sight. First, let me echo Matt on the value of line of sight to a final customer. Meeting customer expectations and delivering on promises to our customers is typically the most direct route to success 
however your organization defines success. It is a powerful organizing mechanism that can often move a peer over to seeing things your way. Let your peers get to know your customers. Let your peers grow to understand your customers' wants, needs, and expectations. Often these insights can move your peer to adjusting their work to help you meet your customers' wants, needs, and expectations. You know, I can imagine in some situations that would probably work perfectly, but you know, maybe we're in a situation where that influence strategy doesn't work out. What do we do then? Sometimes the slightest height strategy fails. And why is that? Well, your peers might be getting their marching orders from a different part of the organization who see customer needs differently. Perhaps they are dealing with a regulatory requirement they must abide by, yet gets in the way of you delivering what you'd like to your customer. As Matt suggests, you won't know if these challenges are real until you talk with your peers and find out more about their operations. Once you're in the know, perhaps there's a workaround of some kind that can improve the handoffs, advancing your agenda while your peers maintain progress on their agenda. We might call this influence through mutual understanding, collaboration, and compromise. Hypothetically speaking, what about ditching those influence strategies? Say we've tried plan A, we've tried plan B, we've tried influencing peers with line of sight, and it's simply not working. What if we went to a higher up to intervene? What would happen then? Elevating any conflict or disagreement with a peer to the boss is a last resort in my book. First, try to work things out with your peer. But if you have to elevate, I would follow Matt's advice. Treat your conversation with the boss first as a coaching session, as in you, the manager, are asking the boss for advice and counsel on how to handle the situation rather than asking the boss to handle it for you. If that helps, great. If that fails, at last resort, you might have to ask the boss to intervene. But if you go there, be prepared. Some relationship repair with your peer might have to accompany this approach. Sounds like something like that would require a good, clear, keen amount of self-awareness. Any final thoughts? I don't want to leave without commenting on Matt's response to my question about the difference between influencing a peer versus directing a team member. His conclusion was there was not much difference. Sure, a direct report you can play the I'm the boss card, but he thinks it's not a very effective card to play, particularly if you have to play it often. His inference that Influence skills are the key competency needed for both a peer and a direct report relationship. Heck, even probably for higher-ups as well, I agree with completely. Great managers are great influencers. And with that, we conclude this episode of Conversation with a Manager. If you enjoyed this podcast and feel like others could learn from it as well, feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. And a big thank you to our guest, Matt Grisbowski, for sharing some of his personal experiences as a manager. Support for this podcast comes from NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. Driven by member feedback and engagement, NRECA's mission is to be the trusted resource, champion the cause, and inspire the future of the industry. 